I know most of you know Laura Beth, but <clears throat> I want to read you something, uh, particularly why we love the prophetic. Catherine Watsey was here in April. Let me read you a little bit of something she prophesied. Tommy, she prophesied, and young people are going to come into this house. The Lord says, I'm bringing awakening. I'm bringing awakening to the younger generation, says the Lord. And we saw that particularly during our barn meeting. He talks about, I'm bringing in even the native young people who are battling. And uh, she said a lot of things that day. And then she says, the Lord says, I want to tell them, talking about the young people, that I'm visiting their schools. Amen. So... Uh, that's just part of that if you want that page. That's just a little part of it. But anyway, it's just good to remember that. I got the, that out the other day and was reading that, and I'd forgotten about her, of course, saying that. But uh, anyway, well, come on. Let's bless the Lord and welcome our sister, and she knows she's got freedom to share the Lord. God bless you. Thank you. Would it be okay if we move this... If we move this down and turn the fan on, just to move, we're getting ready to do business. Oops, you okay? Okay. <laughs> Are we okay right there? Okay, perfect. Perfect. Actually, I just feel in, in my spirit to encourage you to pray in the spirit. Let's stir up. We're getting ready to do heaven's business in this house. Perfect. Yes, Jesus. We say yes to your fire. We say yes to your fire, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just declare over you and I decree over you that you are taking breath on the earth in this time. And it is for such a time as this that God is saying, posture your heart in this time. Put your gaze on me. And that I just declare out over your hearts that the full measure of what God has for you today, you will receive it. So all those things that have looked to delay and prevent you from receiving what God has for you in this gathering, I say those things are cut off. And now, Jesus, I thank you that, that these are ones who receive easily. These are ones who are looking for what you have. I call forth your hunger and your thirst for the the one true God, to have that desire to hear what God is saying in this house and for you personally. Now, come on, pull on that. Pull from heaven. Have that reach in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that place of fire that you're on, Angie, since I arrived in Oklahoma, 
Um, I've been here just a little bit over three weeks. It's great to be back. I'd say I know most of you or we've met before, but um, if you don't know, I'm um, a missionary in Ireland. I've been there for 17 years, and before that I was in Guatemala, but I grew up, I was born in Pahuska, and I grew up in Hominy, and I'm Osage and Cherokee, and it's just, um, it's good to be back. I didn't expect to be back so soon. I was just with you in, in August, but God had a different plan, just like Angie said, and um, I'm here, and I, I fly back to Ireland on on. Tuesday, and I'm so glad, just so grateful to God to be in Ascension. As um, my friend, my childhood friend Karen and I drove from Hominy today, when we came across Sky Tuke Lake, there was, and I'm not talking a little bit, did anybody come from Hominy today that way on 20? When you came across the lake, the amount of steam coming off the lake when you crossed Sky Tuke Lake, it looked like there was fire and we were seeing the smoke come off the lake. It was, compl- it was so beautiful. But as I came into um, Ascension today, I just have, actually it was today, but I've been feeling this for about three days. This is a firehouse. This is a house where God wants to release his fire. And so when, when Angie said that God's had her on the fire, since I arrived in Oklahoma, I have seen fire, I have smelled fire, and I've had that sense. It's fire, it's fire, it's fire. It's the fire of heaven that God is looking to release upon the earth. And why do we need that fire? Well, Karen and I were... Uh, just ministering to each other is where I'm staying at Karen's house. My family lives in Hominy, and, and it just worked out best for me to stay at Karen's this time. But we were just talking about the glory and the, the release of God's glory. And yet we know that the fire is what is necessary to come in and to remove those things that need to be removed so that the fullness of God's glory might be revealed. So this isn't in my notes, but... Um, I know, there it is. As Angie was speaking, I felt in my spirit, so this is a word for this house, 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 13. And the guys at the back are so good, working with me as I handed them a piece of paper, said these are the scriptures I'm using today. Now, um, I'm, I'm preaching and teaching today from NIV, but all that is available is New American Standard at the back. So, It's going to sound a little different what you're reading and what I'm teaching, but it's the same word. So 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 13 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, where is Jesus, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. We're in a time of the fire. That's why Angie is so provoking you in that place of wanting the fire. Because it's in the place of you and I recognizing that stirring that's taking place on the inside of us, that uncomfortableness that you're sensing in this season, that restlessness that seems to come and go, that you could be easily uh, um, lured into the place of thinking that's anxiety. Now, I'm not saying that that's not 
something that you might see rise up in your life, but there is an uncomfortableness right now as we see the church continue in a place of dismantling for what we call church. God is saying, I no longer call that church, but what he is looking to do is a new, is, is something new on the earth. It's not new in heaven, but it is new upon the earth. And he, Jesus Christ, that Ephesians 2 piece, that his church is built on the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, there is a movement worldwide to come back to where we have swayed so far that we're not even on target for what the scripture says, this is my church and this is how it builds. Well, if that's true of his church, then that means it's the same for you and I, where God is calling forth this place. And yesterday, as I was just praying and just before the Lord, he said, it's the small door that I'm taking you through in this time. It's the narrow door that I am opening up for you, but you will have to be in that place that the fire has burned out up every single thing that would prevent you from stepping into the fullness of what God has for your life in this time. So why do we want the fire? Because of this 1 Corinthians 13 piece, the fire comes in and it removes the wood and the chaff, even the things the world calls, calls costly, the gold and the silver, because it says, if it is not solely on the foundation of Jesus, you won't get through that door. This is a tight space. This is a space where he's saying, I'm removing the wood, I'm removing the hay, I'm removing the chaff. And the Lord God is asking each one of us to come into this place of surrender that no longer if you've journeyed with Jesus two months, two years, 20 years, or however long it is, God is saying, I am calling for a place of surrender. I'm calling for a place of my sons coming in and acting like sons, not speaking like slaves. Galatians 4. And so this is a time that Jesus is saying, when she calls forth the fire, that is not a small thing. That's not rhetoric. That's not because it sounds good. That's because God is speaking to his daughter and he's saying, this is what's necessary for the people. So when she says, come on church, let's stand up. Let's pull that fire from heaven to earth. That Matthew 6:10 piece, as Angie, you preached my sermon, as she preached that heaven to earth. And that's what I was praying as I was driving from Hominy to Sky Took today. I was looking at the land. It's a pretty drive. And with that rain we've, we've just gotten, um, that's Irish rain when it comes that heavy. Um, when we've got that rain that's just, that's just come in the last few days, the leaves are turning, and I began to just look at the land. I have dominion over the land. You have dominion over the land. And so you know what I began to speak? I said, land, it's time for you to come into order for what God wants to go forth on, on the earth in this in this time. I have to take authority over the atmosphere, over the land, and that atmosphere has to come into alignment with heaven's atmosphere. Instead of seeing things roll out with a political agenda or, or with the woke agenda or the different agendas, I don't participate in that. I participate in the heaven's agenda. I'm seated in that higher place. I'm ruling and reigning. So that means when I speak to the land, the land has to come into order. But that's not just for me. This is a time when God is calling forth on all of his sons and all of his daughters to come into this place to declare out over the land, over your street, over your county, over 
over your region. Oklahoma, it's a time like I've not sensed in Oklahoma before. And so I've been coming and going for 26 years full-time um, as, as an international minister. And this time in Oklahoma, I'm like going, come on, Oklahoma. There is a fire that God is wanting to release from heaven to burn up the things that would prevent you from stepping in to the fullness. This is a house. This is a well designed for revival. This is a house designed for the signs, miracles, and wonders. You are a house. You. And so God is saying, if you stay tethered, if you stay tied to those things of wood, those things of hay, those things, those lesser things, you will not be able to step through the small door. I believe it's the Hebrew year of 5784. Don't I have that correct? It's the year of the door. And this is a time that God is saying, for your life personally, there is a door before you that if you remain tethered to what you know and what you're comfortable with, you will not go through the door that he has for you. What's through that door? Firstly, we do it just because he asks, not because we're getting anything. That's what sons do. Slaves only do something if they're going to get something in return. Galatians 4 d deals with that place of sons who speak and, and act like slaves. This is the call. Never in 26 years of ministry have I felt such a, a push to push you into the place of maturity. You've got the word in you. You've got what it takes. And Jesus is saying, come up higher. Come into that place of maturity, of full sonship, of speaking like a son. So when a, a king asks his son, let this fire come on you so that something might be burned up, that you might be able to go through the door. We don't do it because of what he says he's going to give us. And so for the Western church, and I'm not just speaking to America here, I'm preaching it in Ireland as well. And so for the Western church, we are so conditioned, I obey because of what I will receive. And now we step back and we say, what will I get of this? Those days are gone. We do it because he asked. He is the king. We are his subjects. And when he asked, we simply say, yes, Lord. You have my yes on this, Lord God. But in that place of giving him our yes, he is a good, good father. Amen. He is the king of kings, and he is Abba dad, a Daddy. And when he says, go through the door, his delight is that the, the prophetic promises that you have held on to, those things that you have contended for, those are through the small door. We don't go through the small door for those things. We go through the small door because he's asking. But we go through the door and we have a hope in us that whether I get anything or not, I'm going through that door. And so this is a time of real surrender. And so I just give this house, that scripture, um, to really stand on 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through um, 13. But I have something else. Um, Angie, I have this word for you. It's from Nehemiah 4.14.
You don't have to turn there. I didn't give you that on the, on the, cards, uh, on the card. But Nehemiah 4.14, because God just gave it to me when we came in. And that is, after I look things over, this is Nehemiah the prophet speaking. He says, after I look things over, I stood up. Really key for you, Angie. I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Angie, this is a time unlike any of your journey with Jesus to stand up and use your voice. And I just said, I just saw God say, I am going to put her in, in front of people that the world calls influential, political people, different ones that you have thought, why would I have an audience with them? But God's going to do it. And he's saying, it's time for you to decide, will I stand up? And I see that ask that God is saying, all of the distractions, all of the tethers, all of the things, cut them and cut them quickly. Because God is saying, this is your calling to stand up and to speak out without any type of compromise. And so God says, stand up. And in that place of standing up, you have a, a part of the mantle in which you carry. It is to provoke people and to admonish them, and as we'd say in Ireland, to give out to them when necessary, meaning to let them have more than they were bargaining for, to let them know this is your time to fight. This is your time to war. This is your time to stand up and to be your one that is able to go in. And because you will stand and use your voice and look to cause, yeah, yeah, you do. And so, Father God, I just release upon Angie that desire and courage to stand. I just call you forth. I pull you from the place of in-betweenness right now. Just look at me, Angie. I pull you from the place of in-betweenness, and I pull you into that positioning that you have to stand. And God says that things have already been put in motion within the courts of heaven for those things to be released on the earth, but he's looking to you to be able to be the one who stands up and releases what has already been decided in the courts of heaven. This is weighty mandates. This is weighty decrees that he is saying, stand up in this time, daughter, release the word of the Lord and watch people shift, watch uh, um, bloodlines come into alignment. And there's a lot of, I just see in the spirit, I see all this rhetoric going on all around you. I see nonsense trying to rise up and that's nothing but it is. It's nonsense and it's very short lived. And I call that fuse to be put out in the name of Jesus. And I release you into the place. Not only is it a place of standing, but it's one of great peace. You don't have to go and negotiate for this. It's yours, says the Lord God. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, it is only you we pursue. Jesus, we put our gaze on you alone. 
I say yes to that place. As I drove across the lake this morning, I just said, I just heard Jesus say, will you get into the river with me? Because that's where I'm at. And I just said, yes, Jesus, I'm in the river. And I felt the water began to come over my legs. And Jesus was saying, this is where I am. I am in this place of the river. And I get into that place and I pull you, each one of you, into the place of what God is asking of you in this time. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is our time. And we are the sons of God on the earth in this time. It is not a compromised position. We are subjects of the king who he has said, this is your time. Call forth those things that you do not see as if they were. That Hebrews 11, one piece. And I really felt that part of that fire that I kept seeing was a fire to come in and to burn up hopelessness that has rested on the people, that's rested on your heart. Those, those desires that you have, that you get stirred up when you come into these four walls, but at Thursday at 2 o'clock, you're like, I, I'm just trying to survive now. That is not, a survival mentality is not sonship. And you know, I go through stuff too. I've got a family. Families do stuff. <laughs> and I'm reminded of it. And I absolutely love my family. I was out at the house last night. Little boys running around. Sister there. Mother there. Nephews there. And just like going. And it was, I told Karen, I said, it was chaotic. I live on my, my own. And I have for a very long time. It was noisy. And there's Play-Doh all, all over the place. And OSU is winning. And there's all of this stuff going on. And yet, in that place, and I made my plate of food, and there's a two-year-old hand reaching for something, touching my food that I was like, I can't eat that now. I have to go throw that away. There's all of these uh, um, things going on around me, but I felt that place of hold your positioning as a son. This is small stuff. And that's just one little story from last night. There's bigger things that happen. And I hear Jesus saying, hold Hold, Lord Beth. Hold. In that place, I'm not giving up my peace. Joy is absolutely a necessity. I'm stronger in joy than I am in despair. And you are too. And so where hopelessness has looked to rest on you, I just say in Jesus' name, that right now, if that's you, just raise your hand. If hopelessness has rested on you, that you've just looked at a situation. Come on, there's more hands than three or four. If you have felt over your finances, over a relationship in your family, over a dream you've had, over a health issue, that you, at one time you were really standing in faith. You don't have to put your hand down. We're going for something here. We're doing business, but we're not doing business the way the world does it. We're doing heaven's business. This is the stuff. It was raining this morning and nice and cool. You could have slept in, but you're here because there's a hunger in you that says there's got to be more. And the more is that Jesus is saying, burn off hopelessness from them. Just stand to your feet. If you're believing for that, if you're believing for hopelessness, Nobody's looking around. Just stand up. In Jesus' name, 
I declare over you where hopelessness has rested on your spirit, on your, on your soul, on your body, on your mind. Right now, I say hopelessness be burned off. Go in the name of Jesus. I say in the name and in the authority of that name, hopelessness, you go back to the place of your origin and to the cohort of the enemy who has looked to taunt you. I serve him notice now by the authority of the name of Jesus. You are a trespasser and you no longer have authority to come in with your rhetoric and your repetition of hopeless whispers in the ears of these, the sons of God. Amen. So in Jesus' name, I break off that hopelessness. Say this with me. We're going to do it together. In Jesus' name. Oh, y'all can do better than that. And I don't get to preach much that I get to say y'all. I say ye back in Ireland. So come on. Y'all can do better than that. In Jesus' name. I break partnership with hopelessness. It is not in the DNA of God's sons. So it is not a part of me. Hopelessness, go. And I speak to faith now. God, your word says every man, every woman, has been given a measure of faith. I've got faith. Hopelessness is gone. I speak to my faith. Rise up. Today you're hearing the word of God. So that means my faith must increase. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. Let's keep digging. So this is the word that God began to speak to me once I knew I was coming back to, to, I almost said Ireland. I'm going home to Ireland on Tuesday. I love Osage County. I love it that I'm from here, but it is not my home. Home has been made in my heart, in my life, in the nations. And so it's so good to always come back. It's so good to be received with such hospitality and love like I am in Ascension but I'm ready for home. I'm ready to get to where God has called me to see a land, an island shift into the fullness of what God has for this nation, um, really two nations as far as man calls it, Northern Ireland, which makes up six counties, the Republic of Ireland, which makes up 26 counties. But we speak over that island as God sees it, the island of Ireland. It's, it's time to come into the fullness of what God has to see church established. The nations are being called to this place. And so I'm ready for home, but we have business to do here. And he's been speaking to me while I was in Ireland about tethers that people were tied to these things. Things. That's why that fire word is so important. I mean, I, this is my eighth meeting to preach while I've been home. And I just feel like what a place to end. What a place to in that you all are being drawn into this place of let's go into the fire. And God is saying it's the tethers that you're connected to that must be burned up. So I'm going to give you this simple definition of a tether. A tether is a tie with a rope or a chain as to restrict movement or range of movement. 
Listen again. A tether is a tie with a rope or a chain as to restrict movement or range of movement. That's why you have to go into the fire. Your range of movement is restricted. That's why you have to go into the fire. You're not able to step into the place of being, of holding that capacity to be able to step through that small door because you're tethered. And God is saying, this be a day that you break partnerships as we just did. We just started there with hopelessness. We're going to get to doubt in a minute. And so you're breaking partnership with the things that are looking to hold you back. The things of restriction, the chains and the ropes that are looking to restrict your movement and range of movement. And you know what I'm talking about. That place where feeling like, okay, we're going someplace, and you've gone five steps on that journey of where God is asking you, and all of a sudden, things just shut down. Walls go up. There's no favor. And you feel that place of like, we were going someplace. Why is that? The tether from the enemy's camp or those things that you have willingly partnered with, I've willingly had to recognize where Holy Spirit, any good pro, I don't know a prophet worth their salt that doesn't walk out a word in that season that they don't release that word. And so what is God, I can preach this with such fervor because he has had me in the place of the fire and saying that tether has to go. You have to cut that off. I'm calling time on that. It is no longer purposeful for you to continue with your hand to this. And so in that place where we start to struggle is when there was a time when God was signing off on it. But he's calling time on all those things that are not allowing us or have become a place of idolatry or have become a place of comfort or have become a place that we don't actually need to lean on him. We just do it out of our own self. All week long, God was speaking to me about Zephaniah 4.6. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And God kept saying to me, there's a lot of ask on me when I come back to the States. I love what God's doing in the ministry. I had two new meetings. Um, I preached in Jennings this past week and the week before I was in Junction City, Kansas. So good to see those new doors opening up. But there's a lot of ask from me just in when you're a missionary and you live on the field and possibly aren't home for another year, administratively, there's a lot of ask for me that I like to step into. They don't ask it for me. I just do it because it needs to be done. Because um, the Word says, the only place we see in the Word that our days are extended is when we honor our mother and father. So when I come home, I really look to purpose any way that I can to honor my mom and, and my family. And so... Um, you know, when I come home, I feel those, and, and even last night I was working on some things for the ministry, and I felt Jesus say, just stop, just stop, took my hand off the keyboard, just sat there, and he was like, gaze on me, just gaze on me, because if I'm doing that just to be able to check a box, I've missed it, because what I do for him will never have any weight in how he asked me to just be with him. There's a, there's a leader from Northern Ireland that sent me a message this week that just said, remember, 
You're a human being, not a human doing. And that leader said, Lord Beth, you just be with Jesus. Don't look to see what you can do for him. Just be with Jesus. So my heart really wanted to keep working. And yet I said, actually, no. You're too, you're too valuable to give a no to. I am a son who hears the voice of her king. And when he asks for me to sit and linger with him, I say yes. And so Jesus is saying, in the place of us understanding, how do I recognize the tethers? How do I understand what are the things he's asking me to cut out? It's in the place of learning what it means to linger with him, sit with him, asking that our ears would be so sensitive to that place. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing. When Jesus calls, you just sit. So we're looking to break tethers, cut tethers. And God um, gave me this word. Let's go to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Karen's gone to every meeting with me, except for a couple. She's been such a blessing. After years of being on the road and doing it on my own, I can say two are better than one. <laughs> and she's a real blessing. She has a servant's heart. I love her like a sister. Yeah, so we are in Ezekiel 1, starting with verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. This is Ezekiel the prophet who is exchanging with the Lord God. And he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And so as you're here today and you're hearing this word on untethering, on, on cutting old tethers, that's the word that I'm giving you out today, giving out to you today, is cutting old tethers. That you, like Ezekiel, myself like Ezekiel, exchanging with God, looking before us, looking at dead dreams, looking at diagnosis that we weren't expecting, looking at situations unravel or unfold in families, and God is saying, will it live? Will it come into alignment with what I have purposed and you know in your heart that my plan for you is always victory? And yet, many of us would stand and look, well, God, only you know that answer. I don't know. And yet, God is saying, no, that's not the right answer. So let's go, for, let's go 
forth a little bit more. In, in verse 4 it says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So what is happening here? Ezekiel is given a prophetic act and he's saying, I know you're looking at a valley and it's dry, dead bones, but this is what I'm in. This is the strategy I'm giving you to speak over what looks dead and dry. And so God is giving us this time together today for you to consider what is dead and dry before you. What are you tethered to that is putting you in a position that you disqualify yourself from stepping in and stepping through that small, narrow door that you know God has for you. It is that place of looking at death and saying, you have lost your sting. You do not have the final say. Death of a dream, death of a business, death of a marriage, death, death of um, a relationship where, where death has tried to rest. This is a word of the Lord to say, untether yourself to what would restrict you from stepping into the place of prophesying the word of the Lord over those areas that look dead. Because God is saying, I haven't signed off on it. I haven't signed the death certificate to what God, God is saying he has not signed the death, death certificate over that marriage. He has not signed the death certificate over your finances. He has not signed the death certificate over your physical health. He is saying, step into the place that you will speak life. You will prophesy breath. You will call tendons to come forth that that thing will rise up, move, and come into the fullness of the alignment of what God has for that business, for your health, for your marriage, for your families. This is a time when we look to untether because the one true king is saying, come on, I need my sons to come into a place that they are not motionless monuments that simply gather, but they are the sons of God stepping into the fullness of what he is asking right now. This is our time. And he's looking to shift atmospheres. He's looking to shift families. He's looking to shift his church into the bride that he is returning for. And so this would be a time that we would say it is the call of every single one in here who will partner with this word. It's a time to untether, that you might step into the place and prophesy and speak to the mountain. In verse 7, it says that we see that Ezekiel the prophet is obedient to do what God asked him to do. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So some of you have began to already hear that rattling sound in your dreams. You've been holding that line of faith. And yet when you look at it, you're like, but it's just not quite there yet. And I would come to you today and I would shake you and I would say, come on, push in. This is your time to persevere. Do not turn back. Jesus only speaks to about one woman in that, I don't know, no, yeah, 
But remember when Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. She looked back. This is not a time to look back. This is not a time to think it was a whole lot easier 10 years ago. Or look how things were going for us in business pre-COVID. This is a time that God is saying, if you don't see it lining up with what you know that God has for that place in your heart, then he says, then let's deal with the breath of it. And so then he says in verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. And we know that all scripture, all scripture given to us from Genesis to Revelation, it's always for three groups. It's always for the world, the church, or Israel. So all passages of Scripture, specifically he speaks to Israel here, but we can look at it and see that this is a type and a shadow, and what a time for us to make this declaration over Israel. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. We've dealt with hopelessness already. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. And we say yes to that. And we declare it again out today. Israel, settle in your own land and stay there. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done it, declares the Lord. And so this is a time that God is shaking you to say, you have to be untethered for you to be able to take that step of faith of walking through the small door. Amen? So God gave me this download. Um, I, I tend to, I tend to um, be a nabby prophet with a, which means in in the Greek a bubbling up will just flow. Um, you'll see that reference in the Old Testament. But I just partner with what Angie prayed over me in the place of seer, because I've seen that seer come up and be much much sharper. But oftentimes God will just give, give me a download and a scribed prophetic word will come out. So I'll make sure Angie gets a copy of this word and I'll email it to you as well. Cutting old tethers, living dreams. Remember what a tether is. A tether is a tie with a rope or a chain as to restrict movement or range of movement. The Lord God calls on his sons and daughters. Actually, will you prepare your hearts? This is the word of the Lord. Will you receive this? If opening your eyes is best or closing your eyes is best, whatever works for you, but have your heart open to receive this word of the Lord. Amen? The Lord God calls to his sons and daughters, awaken, look to me. Yes, fully look to me. 
For you are being tossed by the onslaught of an assignment looking to throw you off my course. It is purposed to derail my plan and the dreams I've placed within you, says the Lord God. Align with me. Awaken out of your slumber and align with me. Give up your old prayers. Let go of them. They are stale and are no longer from your heart. You have experienced tiredness and weariness, but that is not my portion for you. For what I look to pour out upon you and within you is a fresh, wild, and spontaneous portion. Awaken today, says the Lord God. Fall on your face before me. Fall on your face before me. For the robotic religious nature you have subtly embraced, both knowingly and unknowingly, is causing you to have a foot in two camps. It will not work. No longer will you find solace in the routine of religiosity of what you call relationship with me, says the Lord God. He's calling for surrender. He's calling for what you and I have called, called relationship. He's saying, surrender it. Come into this new place of lingering with me in intimacy, deep, deep intimacy. I am not moved by circumstances. I am moved by true hearts, surrendered hearts, hearts abandoned to me in spirit, not by your deeds and works. It is humility, humility to me, and humility to one another, that you will see the act of surrendering take root to produce a harvest you have long desired. The Lord God says, I am peace in the storm. I am the rock in the strong winds. I am all you need. Simply and purely come to me. Remove yourself from the voices of static. Linger with me. Linger longer. Stay with me. It is your willingness to cut old tethers of the past which release my life and breath to dreams that you doubt can live again. Today, break partnership with doubt. Doubt has landed on your life, blinding you to the reality of my sovereignty operating his sovereign power and you ruling and reigning in my power I'm going to say that again doubt has landed on your life blinding you to the reality of my power sovereignly operating and you ruling and reigning in my power I am and I will says the Lord God. You have long desired to see your lands healed. I will heal your lands, but not with you having a foot in two camps. No, says the Lord God. I am jealous for you, and I am asking for all of you. Cut old tethers of unbelief, and fear will lose its hold. Walk from the old ways I am awakening you to even now. And watch, doubt will stop playing a repetitive recording, bringing hopelessness. Run to me, sons and daughters of mine, says the Lord God, all of you. I desire and ask 
for all of you. I will not reject a broken and contrite heart. My portion today is to heal brokenness, wholeness to physical frames, complete healing in your physical bodies, fullness of health to your cells, fullness of health to your cells. Jesus bore those 39 stripes at the whipping post for your cellular alignment. Hmm. I call forth order in your cells in Jesus' name. Where cells have looked to move into rebellion, I speak it out. Cells line up. Come into your right order for which your creator God put your cellular count to be within your physical frame in Jesus' name. All I have already appropriated is for you. Yes, fullness of health belongs to you. You are precious in my sight. I am asking for surrender. Complete surrender, says God, for it is in your obedience to allow the posture of your heart to change position that I release my breath upon your lifeless dream, says God. Rise up, awaken yourself, for it is today I say you can no longer remain you can no longer remain a motionless monument, but rather a burning, living, breathing sacrifice unto me, says the Lord God. Awaken, cut old tethers. This word of the Lord speaks about the Holy Spirit showing us, highlighting to us, even now, in this time and space, things that must be cut. What we have tolerated, we have empowered. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you. You have spoken. I ask that this word land on each of them, a soft landing, but one that would develop deep roots. I ask that your, your given revelation would come to them, that this word would produce the harvest of intention of the reason and purpose that you gave it. So Jesus, I thank you that there is partnership with this word. I thank you that there will be study and application of this word. And I bless you to receive it. I bless you to partner with it. I bless you in the place of saying, I have become robotic in my relationship with, with you, Jesus. I'm willing to go the way that I don't know. Where I've entered into religiosity of the way that I journey with you, Jesus, I recognize it, and I want to today cut that tether of restriction.
Lord, I look to surrender to you. I recognize where I've had a foot in two camps. I want to remove myself from the compromised middle ground and firmly take those steps to be planted exactly where you have me, would call me to, in the fire. Lord, I bless this house to receive this word. I bless this house and each one of these to give their yes to what your ask is for your sons and daughters in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's a lot more comfort in the fire than, than the anxiety of not being in the fire. And I found that the more I surrender and give my yes, I stay in the place of the fire and you begin to find that it's the safest place, it's the most joyful place, it's a place where there's refuge in what you once thought that will be so painful to cut that off. What will I feel? And so this again is where the mature church, the mature sons of God are being asked, and what if it is painful? The Western church is averse to any kind of discomfort, any type of perceived persecution, any type of rejection that can't be God. It's, it's what Jesus walked out. He was persecuted. He was rejected. Men looked to shame him. He was spat upon. The religious regime of the day looked to tether him, looked to try and quiet, put, put a silencer on his influence. It didn't work. But yet you and I, by having a foot in two camps, I hope you all hear love on this. I know I'm giving out to you a bit, but this is the word of the Lord. And I truly believe there's some lovely friends here that are a part of the Tulsa meeting that I was at a um, week before last. But I know most of you aren't visitors, you're family. God trusts this house. It's a trusted well. I was in Ireland why the barn revival was going on, but I was watching those, those young people gather in numbers, and I was like, it's a trusted well. God knows what he's looking to do, what he has already purposed and planned, and that is a house where he can release these, these young ones to be fathered. So that wasn't a surprise to me. I was celebrating with you, but yet... This is a house that must prepare. So that's not something that we see once a year. This becomes the reality of this house as that, that 
prophet gave out that word in April, this is not something that we look to see, that you and I are the minority and all of these other places are taken up by, actually, it was in worship. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said five streams. He said there's five streams for this house where people are coming in, five different streams, and that it's actually going to be the young people, I see ages 17 to 22, that they are causing, there will be five streams coming in, and they'll be the ones that are causing such a rush that there is a rush of people coming, but the ones that are pushing it are the ones 17 to 22. And they're coming in from five different streams, five different areas. And I feel in my spirit five different counties that they're coming in. Five is grace. The number five is grace. So I speak grace out over you. Things are going to get messy, Angie. Things are going to get messy because they have mess on them. But this is the place that Jesus trusts you to clean up the mess as only he can. Amen? Let's look at James chapter 1. I was sharing with Karen a few days ago. There was a situation I was in about five years ago. And I really started to feel that this just isn't going well. And it certainly wasn't going well according to what I had felt was the direction. And so um, I, don't, I, know, I don't know what your positioning is on this. I don't, I don't go to prophets and ask them for words. I always, I, I'm around a lot of prophets, and if God wants to give me a word through a prophet, depending on who the prophet is, <laughs> I'll, I'll receive it. You always know straight away if it's the word of the Lord. But I don't bring up somebody and say, do you have a word for me? I can hear from God. You can hear from God. I don't need the prophet to sign off on something that I can hear from him. But because of this particular situation, I was, I was in a tight spot and... Um, I needed counsel, and I also needed prayer, and I also felt that there was a particular prophet that I was to reach out to, that I have a, that I have a relational build with. So I, I reached out to this prophet, I got in touch, and this particular prophet was supposed to be in Hungary ministering, prophet from Northern Ireland, um, and I've known him a long time, and actually he was the one that um, said, come preach a three-day conference in 2005, and I thought it was a once-off. Here we are in 2023, I'm still there. So I called this prophet, and I said to him, um, I spoke to his wife, I spoke to his wife, and she said, he's not in Hungary because he's lost his voice. And she knew if I was getting in touch, she goes, is something up? And I said, I've got a situation. I ran her through the top line um, points of it, and she said, leave it with me. So I left it with her, 
And she said, like, he's in bed. And I said, there is absolutely no pressure. I just felt to reach out. And she said, but he asked to send some particular details. So I sent those particular details on. And about an hour later, my phone rang. And it was him with very little voice. I said, it's okay. It can wait. And he was like, no. And he began to prophesy to me. And he began to give me a word. And none of it was what I wanted to hear. It was completely opposite of what I wanted to hear. And I felt the pull in me whether I would receive it, reject it, or would I receive it and partner with it. You can hear it and receive it, but you cannot partner with it. So when this word goes out, as I've given it today, I'm going to email it to Angie. I'm actually going to give her a copy of it too in case you make photocopies. I'm going to give her a copy of it today. So you can hear this word like you all have just heard it and you were like, that's a good word. Yeah, it spoke to me. And you can go out those doors and not do a thing with it. And it will not take root. So I want to, I, I want to brag just a little bit on, I gave out this word just before I left Ireland to a church in Northern Ireland. And on Wednesday night, I got this message and, and um, from a leader that said, FYI, they named the church, FYI, they're untethering. They, they had taken that word and at least, I believe twice, they just took time to dig in it, to dig it out. And he said, there was not one single person that wasn't just weeping and crying before the Lord. He said, actually, I was doing audio-visual, and I was just standing at the back kind of watching this whole thing unflow. He said, you gave the word, but they picked it up, and they started doing something with it, and they started going deeper with that word, and they read it line by line. And I give, I, I, I give about seven or eight scripture references at the end of it. They started opening up those scriptures. They started sharing. They started stepping into this place. And, and he said, the transparency is unbelievable. I'm watching it before my eyes. They are untethering. And they are doing it before each other. And he said, there is healing. There is deliverance. I mean, it's just happening on a Wednesday night in a small town in Northern Ireland. And so when, that's not just um, for, for, for this word, but when God gives you a word, uh, a word, personal word, or when a corporate word like this goes out, don't just say, well, that was a good word. It was nice to have Laura Beth in. Hope to see her again next year. No, take this. We may not see each other again next year. So take what God has given today, and you do something with it. Amen. We're in James chapter 1. Oh, I didn't finish my story, did I? So I took that word of the Lord, and I knew I had to partner with it. I didn't like it. But I took it because I knew it was discipline. And my heart was not in a place that wanted to be disciplined. But I knew that God was saying, this is what I'm speaking to you. And I walked that word out. Loads of tears and snot and all kinds of stuff over a period of time. But I walked that word out. And I've come to understand that in the place of trial and tribulation, there is something that absolutely gets produced in us. And so I want to push you in the place of the untethering that he's asking you to cut off. It probably will be painful. 
It probably will cost you something. But God is saying, give me your yes to being untethered and there is a production of something that is necessary for you to possess to be able to easily, efficiently, and in a very streamlined manner go through a very small space. Amen? We're in James chapter 1, starting with verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when we're going through the test, faith produces something. That thing that's produced is perseverance. Perseverance has to finish. We cannot give up on it. We must hold that line to remain in a place of perseverance because when it finishes, it is causing a maturity and a completeness in us that we would not lack anything. And that's what I realized in this place of untethering, that it is for the purpose that I would say yes, that I would not lack anything that I would step into the wholeness, that you would step into the wholeness. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. We'll wrap up in just a minute. There's some ministry that I want to give out. But I want to go back to that part of the prophetic word that said, it is your willingness to cut old tethers of the past which release my life and breath to the dreams that you doubt can live again. Today, break partnership with doubt. Doubt has landed on your life. Sorry. Blinding you. It's landed on your life. Blinding you to the reality of my power sovereignly operating. That doubt that you've partnered with, knowingly or unknowingly, has pulled you into a place that you're like Ezekiel who says, well, God, only you know if that thing's going to live or not. God, I don't know. But the sovereign power of God coming in to the impossible circumstances that you're facing. It is a power that is unlike anything that, we've, that we know in our human nature that he is saying it's available to you, but not with doubt on board. He says, it's blinding you, the doubt, to the reality of my power sovereignly operating and you ruling and reigning in my power. I am and I will, says the Lord God. When he spoke this to me about me ruling and reigning, about Angie ruling and reigning, about April ru ruling and reigning, about Apostle Gerald ru ruling and reigning, he was speaking to me in this place of, this is where orphan mindset would try and convince you that it is not possible for you to be in that place of sonship to rule and reign. So this is where doubt has come in, in a place of orphanness, that you doubt it will really happen for you. 
that you doubt it will really shift for your business. Because that's how orphans think. Orphans always are looking for positioning. Orphans are always looking for the approval of man. Orphans um, believe that works and deeds are really important because that gives value. But sons don't think like that. Sons just say, but I am of the legacy of a king. I am a direct descendant of the king of kings. Why do I believe that this situation will turn? Why do I believe that I will always come out on top because I'm the daughter of a king? And that's how daughters of kings think. And there's been a lot of time spent in the fire because I, I thought of myself as an orphan, I saw myself as an orphan, and whether I spoke it or not, because you and I are very fluent in Christianese, we can say all of the right stuff. But on the inside, I was like, I hope it goes this way. And God began to deal with me about that place of doubt regarding every area of my life. My health, my finances, my relationships, things that right now look impossible to go forth in Ireland. I'm like, no. My king has spoken, and this is what he has said. So I just, it doesn't, if I don't get your approval, I hope we can still stay friends. That's how I feel about it. But this is what the king has said, and so this is what I do. And God is saying, in the place of the trial and tribulation that you have sensed, he is saying, come on, stay with it. Hold that position. You're coming into a place of greater maturity to be able to recognize I've got doubt regarding a situation in my family, in my finances, in my life. I've got doubt regarding will there actually be a move of God with young people that we see gather and call ascension their home. I don't know if that's going to happen. God is saying break partnership with all doubt. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? Guys, could we have some light worship music on? Maybe without words, which I think is called instrumental. <laughs> fire, 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 fire. Jesus, you've been showing me fire ever since I landed in Oklahoma. You've been speaking to me about fire. God, this house, I call you into the place of shifting and repositioning. I woke up early this morning. I think it was around six-ish, which is early for me. But I heard the word reposition. Reposition. I didn't feel like your footing was changing, that you were going to a different footing, I felt your feet are firm and are exactly where they are to be positioned. Just reposition. It's just a shift. And I bless you to reposition. So I was saying there, I woke up at like six and I heard for ascension, reposition, reposition. So 
I didn't have a sense, move your feet. I had a, had a real sense. Their feet are firmly planted on the foundation which God has established here. Just in that same position, reposition. And allow that mobility that is needed to reposition. And I just bless you to reposition. You're going to see such small changes have big impact in what God's leading you into. If you're here today and you can say, Lord Beth, I've partnered with doubt. I recognized I'd partnered with hopelessness, but we've done business there. Let's do business with where you have partnered with doubt. So if that's you and you know, you know, when it comes to my finances, when it comes to a particular relationship in my family, when it comes to my health, I recognize I might be saying what I know needs to be said, but in my heart, there's doubt. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? You know, Jesus sees your heart. He sees your hand. And I just feel such love for you right now. I feel the love of Jesus saying, yes. He lifted his hand. Yes, she's willing. So Father, I thank you for these precious, precious sons of yours. What a privilege to be here with them. I see their beauty and I see their worth. And I, I feel like Jesus, you're just giving me some small glimpse to understand why you are saying break partnership with doubt. So I declare out over you where doubt has landed on your spirit, soul, and body, where repetitive thoughts have been whispered in your left ear, and when they're not in their, your left ear, they're in your right ear, and there triggers a mindset that you are doubtful that God's power would sovereignly operate on the inside of you. Right now, in Jesus' name, I break doubt off of you, and I declare by the authority of that name that all doubt must go to the place of its origin, and I serve notice to the enemy's camp that has looked to come and taunt you with doubts, has look to taunt you in a place that's tried to shift you into disbelief. I call it broken in Jesus' name. Disbelief, go. Doubt, go in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father God, that again we speak to faith. You've heard the word today. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have heard the word of God. And so faith, you do what only you can do. You rise up. Faith, you begin to come into the place of the Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1, 1, I speak hope out over faith, fueling you to give you the confidence of the thing you do not see. So let hope arise. Faith, you come into that place and doubt you have been served notice and you no longer can rest here. So say this prayer with me. In Jesus' name, I break partnership with doubt. Holy Spirit, show me where I have entertained and compromised regarding doubt, where I've considered the possibilities of a plan B. I only want your plan now, Lord God. 
I break all doubt off of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. What is your name?